My name is John and I'm at Paint School on Instagram. I've done over $15 million in paint jobs and I'm based out of Huntington Beach, California. Aaron is at Alpha Painting on Instagram. He's managed huge commercial projects with impossible timelines and now is a few years into building his own operation out of Branson, Missouri. And you should probably check out our full process videos on YouTube because they're pretty badass. Our point of doing this podcast is to put our 40 plus years of combined experience to the test. We've seen a decline in the industry, and while I think it's a bit arrogant to think we can change it, we're giving it a shot. Listen up and let us know what you think. This is Paint Sniffer Podcast. All right, we're back on. Uh, this one, we're going to take, a, I think, a deeper dive into economic issues. Maybe what kind of effect that's going to have on us in the near or not so near future. Uh, but first, let's jump in. Let's get caught up a little bit. Uh, what projects do you have going on right now? Have you wrapped up your big projects already? You had two uh, of them going on, right? Yeah, I'm still on the Centurion one. I've okay. got everything is done. Um, uh, like all my rooms are a hundred percent complete. And then I'm in the main room now. Got the walls pre-sanded, double primed, sanded, top coated, and everything's encapsulated now. And we had to, and then also the, the big ceiling is sanded and I had to bleach the, uh, like the, the whole upper portion of the ceiling, um, they're going to have to get a new roof and have like a vent, a ventilation system put in the roof because the fucking the boards get so hot that they sweat. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if the decking is like that, uh, two inch decking and then the shingles are sitting right on top of it. Or if there's, I don't know if there's like a, a gap, like an, like an attic gap or whatever, but yeah, yeah, dude, there's just heat pouring out of those ceilings. So, had to bleach all that, but all I have left is to, um, I got to bag off all the beams and double prime and then top coat the ceilings, pull the beams, whitewash all the beams, and then we're down to drywall. So right now I'm juggling, I'm like triple booked. I'm juggling three jobs. I got Jeremiah's on a 4,000 square foot repaint doing primarily just walls and I'm jumping over there doing the drywall repairs in front of them. Mm -hmm. I'm on the Centurion project with the new guy. Um, and then we just started a big X, uh, four story exterior today, pressure washed it. We'll let it dry for a couple weeks while we, Oh, is that that one you made the little video on? Yeah. It was a big ass house, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's probably five stories off the ground, but I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's three floors and then there's like yeah. a basement floor and then like a gable that pops out over the third floor. Are you going to have to use a boom on that one? Yeah, dude, I'm going to have to buy or rent a boom for the front. I've got like two dog houses. One's like in the center of the roof and then one is on the front. So I think we're going to have to get the, the gable on the front and then, um, climb the roof and and do the uh the doghouse on the roof and then rappel down the back side and uh there's like two gable ends that we'll have to hit on the back side but other than that i think each floor we can make anchor points and tie off and then just get up on ladders and reach out yeah. above us for the story above 
Have you done rappelling on projects? Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll have to rappel down some roofs and stuff. And in commercial, we would, you know, we'd put up like eye beams and, and use spiders and stuff. And, yeah. And, you know, do like a spider lift down, you know, like state, yeah. like swing staging and shit. Uh-huh. And then uh, primarily just boom lifts and shit, though. Yeah. I, I had to repel on one project, man. I don't remember how long ago it was, but I don't know how to, to set everything up to be able to do it safely, but someone else set it up for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's a little scary at first, but it's kind of fun swinging around. Yeah. The, the, I mean, you have to buy like actually actual climbing gear, yeah, you know? Yeah, so yeah. you're, you're, t- you know, you're tied off from the front and it's like waist gear and shit. Yeah. It's, uh, I, my carabiners, like I look at them like, dude, I don't trust that shit. So I, <laughs> yeah, I, know. <laughs> I run two carabiners, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, how those guys that climb all the time will trust that shit or even like the pins they put in for like rock climbing and shit. Yeah. Like, dude, I would, I don't, I can't see how I would ever trust hammering a pin into like a granite rock. How I'd ever trust that that thing's not going to come out if I fall ten feet? Yeah, like how in the, I don't. It doesn't even make sense to me logic wise. I mean, I guess I guess it wedges in there, but yeah, dude, I don't know. It's got to expand or something, dude. I'm too fat yeah. right now to rock climb. I just fucking die. <laughs> you just fall off. <laughs> uh, that shit scares me. Being vertical, climbing vertical, scares yeah. me a lot. Like totally vertical, you know. Mm, scares the shit out of me. I went to I went to camp in Big Bear when I was a kid mm-hmm. and did some rock climbing and some rappelling. Yeah. I got kicked out of the camp though, and then my dad had to drive from Orange County to pick me up and I, I sat in an office for like forty eight hours in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> Expelled from camp. <laughs> Man, so how much longer do you have on the Centurion project? It's like a week or two. I think I can get the the ceiling and the beams done in two weeks, and then after that, it's priming and painting some drywall. No big deal. Um, but what we'll probably do is pull off for like a week or two while they install flooring, and then I'll mm-hmm. pre I'll probably pre paint the shoe molding. Yeah. Um, they'll install and then we'll putty it and touch it up. So I'll have like a two week buffer where I can be somewhere else and then we'll go, I'll probably go back and like load up three guys and spend a few days priming and painting the little sheetrock that there is. And then I also have a stair system and, uh, handrails and shit that I'm going to have to sand down. And I think I'm going to do like a gel stain and just like alter the color kind of do, you know, like an mm-hmm. antiquing with the gel stain and then clear yeah. coat the handrail and the stair system. And that'll get me out of having to strip it down to raw wood. And I think the plan is to install like metal treads on the steps. I mean, cause mm. you can't, it's kind of, it would be compromised if you were to walk on that. So, yeah, I was going to ask, um, why did you bleach the ceiling? Mold from just oh, from okay. the, the ceilings getting so hot and, you know, the, the interior temperature is cooler and then fucking that roof probably gets 150 degrees, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you're so not like just, using wood bleach to like change the color. You're no, just trying to get rid of the mold. I'm, yeah, I'm just killing mold. Um, I got the ceiling sanded and 
I left it like three boards down, so I figured I'd hit it with some bleach, and then we'd finish sanding the top of the ceiling. Yeah. Solid. Our projects are all, I mean, pretty much everything we're doing right now is just residential, three, four, five-day projects, um, in and out. We had uh, Friday, we power washed this house in Newport Beach, like right on the water, right on the sand. And one of my guys put the pressure washer too close to a chair, so it fucking melted a hole in, <laughs> in a chair. So that's our first day on a $10,000 project, which uh, is not a good look. But as called the client, you know, I mean, they're really wealthy people. They run a big construction company, and they had their painter uh, was not licensed. And so they canceled the deal with them, like, last minute. It was something I could fit in. And, you know, we're all licensed, workers comp, everything. And it's a tall house, you know, and they don't want to have any accidents. And if they do have any accidents, they want to be covered. Um, and so yeah, when my guy texted me, he's like, can you please call me? <laughs> so I was like, fuck, what's going on? So I called him up. He's like, all right, so this thing happened. Um, I'm going to send you some pictures. I'm like, just fucking tell me what it is. Like, don't beat around the bush, you know? He's like, oh, I burned a hole in a chair. <laughs> sent me pictures it's like the size of a baseball from from what like the exhaust on the pressure washer yeah oh nice yeah yeah um which i don't know how i don't know how you get the pressure washer that close like it pretty much has to be on it you know those things are hot to touch but it's not like if it's eight inches away it's probably not going to do anything you know um what what size pressure washer is it it's like, a, I think it's a 3,400. It's a, one of the DeWalt's. It's either 32 or 34. I think it's 34. 3,400 um, PSI? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had to call a customer, you know, but I think with most customers, if you treat it like it's not a big deal, then they'll treat it like it's not a big deal. You know, if I call her, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, you know, blah, 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 blah. But if it's like... uh Hey, we had a problem at the job site today. Uh, there's one of the chairs in the back. The guys removing the pressure washer, melted the little vinyl off of one of the chairs. So just let me know, you know, where to get a replacement or if you guys want to re- find a replacement. It's not bad, but it is a baseball size hole, you know, so we'll <laughs> definitely replace it. You know what I mean? If it's like. Is it like full plastic? The whole chair like is plastic? like that vinyl weave, you know, like the oh. vinyl rattan. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So it's like, you know. Uh, definitely got to replace it. Um, but I've noticed that if you talk about it, like, Hey, it's an easy problem to solve, you know, like, we're sorry, this kind of stuff happens every now and then, but we'll make sure it's taken care of. Um, usually they'll follow suit, you know, like they'll match your energy. Um, the only, the only time when that shit goes wrong, I told you about this. We had a, a fan that I replaced recently, like two weeks ago. Now fucking chair. Um, the only time when it goes really wrong is if my guys don't tell me that something's broken and then I find out from the customer that it's broken, that's when it's like kind of hard to dig myself out of a hole sometimes because then it looks like we're hiding it, you know? It's yeah. Like, oh, I found this thing broken. It's like, fuck. Dude, I the last time, no, it wasn't the last time I came back to California. I came back 
and I, I worked for a small contractor in Huntington for a while, but prior to that, I came, I think I came out when I was like 19 and I was, I was staying in Ventura and the surf in Ventura is, it's n- never been as good as Huntington, you know? Yeah. Like everywhere from like Bolsa Chica to fucking South side of the pier was always, you know, yeah, usually good, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, I was on my way to work and, uh, I think I got on PCH and I looked, I, you know, I looked over and I was like, fuck dude, it's, it's going off right now. I turned around, went back to the house, got my surfboard and I went surfing Yeah, and like, I never even went to pick up my check, you know, (laughs) 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 fucking, Uh. I don't, I don't know how, how fucking motivated I think I could have ever been if I fucking did this shit for a living in California. Yeah. My dad told yeah. me in the seventies that all the general contractors would call the surf reports to find out if, you know, they were going to have any <laughs> the work guys that are coming day. In. Yeah. Dude, if that's the... like, it's amazing when the waves are good. Somehow the beach is packed. Like somehow everybody's just able to take the day off and go surfing, you know? It's yeah. Crazy. Out here, it's hunting. Like during hunting season, mm. like yeah. we're like the only ones on the fucking job. Yeah, I'd like to learn how to hunt. Have you ever hunted? No, I've I've killed stuff though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we won't dig into that. Yeah, I've I've always wanted to hunt. Um, I would like to teach my kids how to hunt too. You know, but it's just. I don't, I don't know if there's a path for that for me in this lifetime, maybe in my next life. It'd be a good hobby to, to, I mean, dude, you just research it and stuff. I'd yeah. start out at the shooting range and, you know, I guess once you're like, fuck, I like this and you can cover yourself in deer piss and go climb <laughs> yeah. around, crawl around That's in about the woods. It. Yeah. 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 Well, it sounds really shitty actually like camping out and trying to figure it out maybe not even get any animals there's so um, many deers out here like you can cheat like you can you know just have like uh you can throw out corn or whatever like in the woods and just shoot a fucking deer off your back porch you know yeah. <laughs> in some spots but that's not quite how i picture it yeah <laughs> fucking a half hour hunt <laughs> my stepson shot a deer i th- he's he's nine i think he shot his first deer when he was eight yeah yep yeah it seems fun to me seems uh exciting all right so i guess um i don't know we've had a couple talks about this offline but the current state of everything right now as far as the economy goes is so i think there are recent job reports are up so basically like there's a lot of businesses creating jobs right now so there's like 350,000 new jobs created in may um which seems to be just trying to keep up with demand there's so much demand still you know that people aren't able to fulfill um probably because all the refinancing the selling homes the moving the you name it everybody's buying everything still we're probably on the tail end of it but that's still going on so all these companies are having higher demand having to hire more people to keep up with it um but so 
since all the jobs are created, the Fed is looking at it and saying, okay, our interest rate increase that we had last month seems to be fine, seems to be not affecting anything. So let's increase it again. Um, the stock market looks at that increase and says, fuck, interest rates are going to go up. This is going to cause all of our investments to go bad. This is going to cause money to slow down, right? People aren't borrowing anymore at higher interest rates or they're borrowing less. Um, so stock market goes down just from the news. <clears throat> so just when the news came out that job creation looks good, uh, the stock market automatically knows that Fed's going to raise interest rates. And so there is a dip in the stock market just based off that news. You know, it goes down like 5% or whatever. Um, the Fed is saying as long as job creation keeps up, we're going to keep raising the interest rates possibly through even beyond summertime. Um, interest rates are going to keep going up. So the the balancing act is if they increase interest rates too much and everything tanks, people stop hiring, demand goes down, and then we go into like a legit recession. Um, and I think that's what the stock market is foreseeing, which is why it's all going down. There are like investment companies, big investment funds, you know, $500 billion funds that are down in 2022, like 30, 40, some of them at 50% down from what they were in 2021. So like anybody who's invested right now is like so fucking far down. Uh, it's crazy. And the fact that we haven't seen that hit the market yet, how far down everybody is, is kind of crazy to me. You know, there's, they're saying like uh, people at retirement age right now that are getting ready to retire are going to have to put it off for like another four or five years to try to recoup everything they lost. You know, if you'd been saving money and like putting it into a 401k or whatever for the last 50 years, and let's say you have $10 million to retire on, like if that shit got cut by 30%, you're down to $7 million. That $3 million is like an extra $15,000 a month. It's like a shit ton of money when it comes to just your investments. It's like a boatload. Um, and we haven't felt any of it yet, which is kind of scary. You know, all, everything is more expensive right now. Uh, all of the investments are going down. So anybody who made a shitload of money and didn't get out is now losing all that money that they made. Um, and I'm kind of just waiting for the other shoe to drop. What do you think? Like, do you have any plans for the next year or two on, are you going to do anything differently? Are you preparing? Are you going to try to save some money? What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm well, I, I first got a fucking, I just found out the other day I sat on the phone with the IRS for like two hours. I didn't even realize that I owed money for 2018 and 19, hmm. but, uh, they're, they're small. Um, but yeah, I'm going to pay off 2018 to 2020. I think here pretty soon. Um, you know, the savings that I have is kind of just backup operational costs. So, mm -hmm. dude, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not sitting pretty in terms of fucking savings, but uh, I'm working on it. Yeah. Um. So, like, when people talk of, like, 401k and retirement, dude, 
I don't have any, I don't have any shit like that, but that's yeah. all, that's all stuff I'm, you know, that's why I started this company is to, uh, start making up, you know, the fact that I spent the majority of my life making other people rich. So, yeah. Um, but if you look at, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at like the consequences of 2008, um, especially if you were like in repaints and shit. And well, I mean, I suppose too, like that, you know, general contractors were dropping like flies as well, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I just chased the economy. So I had a, I had a job, um, doing like government work and shit. And, um, as soon as Obama took office, you could see like shit happening and you're like, Whoa, this is weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like things starting to shut down and like, uh, the government stuff was starting to fall out. So I bounced out of that. I took a pay cut, a huge pay cut from 2850 down to like 19, um, mm-hmm. and started doing like custom homes for, I did that for a couple years, custom homes and repaints. And then, um, I went, you know, I went into my business or went into business for myself, like, the first time for, for like two years. So I did that. And then I subbed from another painter plus did my own jobs. And then, uh, then I ended up doing like four years for that last company that I worked for and, uh, Mm -hmm. doing back into doing government jobs and stuff. But it was, uh, I don't know. It seems like as soon as Trump took office, like a year into it, like shit just started firing off everywhere. Yeah you know, gas prices started dropping, people started spending money again, and it was no longer like, you know, like chasing your tail, you know, all those yeah. problem. What, what do you think? It was just the majority of that eight years, dude, was just, you know, I, I never sat at the house. I don't think I sat at the house. I think the longest I sat at the house was like two weeks. Um, yeah. Are you but talking that, about through Trump? No, through Obama. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Um, you know, I always bounced around making sure, you know, I stayed yeah. busy, but uh yeah, through Trump it was dude, it was like uh booming. Yeah. I I mean I couldn't not stop. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if um like that is a factor of what Trump did or anything like that, or if it was just right place, right time, he's the guy at that time in the economy. Uh, but it was definitely booming pretty much during his whole uh, presidency. Well, like, booming, I, think, booming. I think some of it, like I, I saw a company shutting down as soon as Obama took office and like people were just gearing up for shit to get bad. And so a lot of yeah. it was mind share. And I think the same could be said for Trump. Like, I, what me and my buddy were taking bets, like he was like a diehard Democrat and he's like, there's no fucking way that Trump wins this. And yeah. it's funny because he had a, he has a degree in political science or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I bet against him and I bet Trump just because I, I mean, I didn't give a fuck. I thought at first it was like, dude, Trump, well, I thought of Trump like biff from back to the future yeah you know what i mean <laughs> he just like, got, like the, the almanac <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude he's the... just biff from back to the future and he's like oh, the shit. biff from like the bad part that owns the casino and shit you yeah, know yeah 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 <laughs> and fucking but uh 
eventually once shit's rolling, I was looking at it and I was like, well, you know, shit's getting better. And then you start to, you didn't even have to look at Trump and be like, you know, trying to figure out whether or not he was a piece of shit. I started paying attention once I was watching everyone else attack him. And then that's what got me digging into like the actual details of what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And pretty much everything coming at him was unjustified. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you look at Trump, you look at Trump prior to him becoming president, like in terms of how everyone throws around fucking, you know, racist Republican bullshit nowadays or everything, this and that, like the dude had his hand deep in helping the black community for fucking years and years and years, dude. Yeah. And uh, I think everything that was thrown at him was unjustified. And you even look at the the fucking Russiagate thing, dude. And this is a proven fact. Turns out that it was fucking the Clintons that were doing that shit. You know what I mean? They were spying on his fucking campaign. And it's just uh, the the fucking far left media, dude. You know what I mean? They've. Yeah. Obama made it legal. What year was it? Was it 20? Was it 20? 13 or something like that, he made it legal to be able to use propaganda in, in the United States. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't what, know. I don't, you know. You know what bill I'm talking about? No, I don't know any anything about that stuff. Um, but I do know that Trump was like a business first kind of guy. And I think, um, you know, mostly selfishly, but I think that helped out everybody else too. That's in business, you know, get a lot of laws and tax loopholes that were in favor of businesses, um, which some people think that's really bad, you know, to give loopholes for companies and corporations. Uh, but I think it stimulates the economy, yeah. you know, so depending on where you stand on that, I guess, I don't know, good or bad thing, but definitely bo- boom the economy. That's for sure. Dude, at first I was like, there's no fucking way this rich douchebag fucking Biff is going to give a fuck about the middle class. But, and, and I never understood it at first, like all of these middle class people and rural people voting for Trump. I didn't, I didn't understand why they were doing that. And, and, you know, probably halfway, halfway through his, uh, his term, I started paying closer attention and it started making sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all, all I mean, that- all over here. Yeah. All over through like Newport beach, Huntington beach, all these coastal cities. Um, like there's Trump flags everywhere still. Yeah. <laughs> now I, there's did, all the Trump 2024 flags up. I don't even think it's about Trump anymore, dude. It's more about right. when, when are people going to look yeah. and realize that this whole fucking Marxist ideology, uh, and look at the fact that, that, the Democrat party has gone fucking insane and they are literally trying to destroy this country. I don't know why, but they are doing this shit on purpose. (laughs) I don't know why they're doing it. Yeah. It's really hard to see it any other way with everything that goes on. Like, um, I don't know. It's creepy when you look at some of these old books or old reports about like, what would be the best way to control a civilization? And it talks about like the, um, you know, like all the woke stuff that's going on. Yeah, it, dude. It like lists out everything that's happening <laughs> right now. There's there's creepy. literature on all this stuff, like all this, 
this Marxist ideology and the socialism and, you know, the, the fact that people are talking about, you know, this democracy and blah, 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 you know, when we're actually founded on a constitutional republic and stuff. And, yeah. and all of this stuff is, <clears throat> I think it's a, a false flag, everything that's going on personally. Um, I don't know why, you know, is it the fact that the corporations lobby to the politicians and they want to tank the economy, inflate everything that way they're making billions of dollars while we freaking starve out? You know, I, I don't know what the what the plan is. I don't know why it's happening, but it's for sure on purpose. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think that can pretty much be fucking established, dude. Yeah. Like if you read so- every little detail about Every little thing, it makes zero sense. Yeah. I'm in a position where, or I take the position of, if I'm not going to do anything about it, then I don't really think about it. So um, I have some friends that are hardcore and deep into it. And it's like, man, everything looks fucked. But they also stress about it. You know, they worry about where things are going and all that. Yeah. And for me, if I were going to take it on and worry about it, then I'd probably become like one of these protesters or I'd do something about it, you know. But if I'm not going to do anything about it, then I don't want to have it weighing me down either. You know, yeah. so I'm like a ignorance is bliss kind of person. I, I read up into it and I, I think about, you know, I'm obviously not going to go, I have to go to work, dude. So I'm not going to be protesting or whatever, but, uh, when shit does hit the fan, I will be fucking, you know, once I'm not allowed to work or I'm not allowed to fucking breathe air. That's when, uh, that's when I start to get pissed. Yeah. And I, so like that thought is in the back of my mind now these days, right. Where it's like, things could get really weird. I mean, they already are, but they could get really bad, I think, pretty easily, relatively easily. Um, Here they're talking about, you know, we're going to have rolling blackouts this summer here in Southern California. Um, We're facing a really big drought right now. Yeah, monkeypox is like the least of our concerns right now, but we've got a really big drought coming in right now. All of the lakes are like significantly lower than they should be. Um, Lake Mead, I think it's in Lake Mead. Um, they found a couple bodies because the water level is so low. So I guess, you know, people have been dumping bodies in that lake and now they're just popping up because the water level is dropping so much. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of interesting, but I, you know, I think for me, I want to be prepared going into the next couple of years. I think this year is going to finish out fine. Maybe not a great year. But mostly fine. Uh, but I think next year is going to suck. I think next year is going to be rough. Because I yeah. think this year everybody still has enough money left from all the refinancing. Um, they have, you know, like if, if you were any kind of decent business person in the last two years, you made a lot of money. You know, like you made excess money. If you capitalized at all on the demand and the lack of supply, then you made a lot of money. You know, we made a lot of money in the last couple of years. Um, but it's because we're able to ramp up on short notice. We're able to take advantage of uh, all the business that's around. Yeah. Um, Dude, and so I, we could save I think money and cruise. Me and Jeremiah, I haven't, I haven't, you know, 
looked at the numbers completely, but I've been going through fucking QuickBooks trying to get it all figured out. My my old lady does that, so and she just hits me up like uh you know asking me questions and stuff i'm going to end up having to do all that shit myself next year i think but yeah um i can help you with that i do almost all of it myself yeah i i think i'm going to get a new computer here pretty soon and give my current mac to my stepdaughter but uh and i'm going to have to switch out of i purchased the uh the hard copy where you you only have access on your computer, yeah. but I think I'm going to have to purchase a copy where my accountant can access my account and shit hmm. and just have the online version. But that's I think, what we do online version. I'm thinking I, me, me and Jeremiah probably did like anywhere from 30 to $60,000 more than me, Jeremiah and Raymond did the year prior. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're just, you're, you're, even if you sell the same amount of work, you're doing it at a higher price, you know, just because you can like, um, we increased our prices quite a bit before we did an overhaul on raises for our painters. Um, and that wasn't to be stingy or anything. It was like to, I mean, our guys are getting paid well already, but our big raises came because like, all of our expenses are going, all of their expenses are going through the roof. So it's like in order to try to fucking keep them surviving at least, man, our gas here is like six fifty to $7 a gallon. Dude, when I bid this, drive that far, but I bid this fucking exterior and like the, my lift rentals like 130% more than when I bid it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Our lift, prices here went from like usually around 900 to a thousand for a week to what was it three thousand i sent to you dude yeah it's stupid it's 2, like 2900 yeah like twenty eight hundred dollars <laughs> my mine crazy. jumped from like 740 to 1830 or some shit yeah, yeah it's nuts and and their expenses haven't gone up significantly you know i mean it's like their labor i'm sure has gone up but it's probably a tiny amount they're just raising their prices because of supply and demand. Um, and then the whole idea of inflation is has caused businesses to raise their prices because you can, right? Like if you're, yeah. if you're selling something for a thousand dollars and everybody knows that prices are going up, even if your labor only increased like 10%, um, on that thousand dollar item, that 10% on labor is like, you know, 30 bucks. But you could raise it five hundred, and now you're selling it for fifteen hundred because everybody knows. Well, prices are going up. What are you going to do, right? Like now is the perfect time to raise your prices on everything. Like the ninety nine cent store, this is a perfect time for them to get off a ninety nine cents and make it a you know dollar ninety nine cent store. Um, just because in everybody's heads, it's like yeah, well everything's going up. Gas is more expensive. Milk is more expensive. It is what it is. I asked a kid that was bagging my groceries at the grocery store the other day what he what he was making, mm-hmm. and or no, I asked him what's starting pay here, and he said thirteen fifty, and then I and then he and I was like, well, what do you, what do you make? And he's like, well, I haven't been here very mo- very long, and I make seventeen fifty. I'm like, yeah. motherfucker, dude, to bag <laughs> groceries, yeah. And uh, you, you got to understand, you know, my minimum wage here is fucking. I don't even know if I, I would have to look it up. I don't even think it's more than like 
11 something. Yeah. I think it's like 10.95 or some shit. Yeah. I think ours is like 15, something like that. Yeah. Um and that's another side of it is like so everybody's paying more for labor right now. Everybody's hiring painters for more money starting um ra- giving raises to their current employees. You know, do our prices just stay this high forever now? You know, like are are all the companies out there who have raised their prices, raised their pay for their employees, are they able to adjust down? You know, like, um, so right now, if I sell a project for $10,000 in two years when shit is going really sideways, can I do that same job for eight grand or not? You know, like, do we all get stuck because now we've built our business around these higher prices, which are maybe not long-term prices, um, does our market shrink because now only some people can afford that, right? Whereas, so the whole thing like through 2008 and I think the last two years is even average people have lots of extra spending money, you know, because average people, if they own a home, had a huge increase in their home value and refinanced money. There's like some $500 billion in refinancing done in the last two years, like some ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. So it all just got pumped into everyone's bank accounts. Um, and then $9 trillion pumped in through printed money from the government. Right? So all this money still is getting filtered out. The, the uh, half a trillion dollars in refinancing, I think we still have another year before that, like, you know, uh, is squandered away then we're going to hit the real shit when the people are not relying on that extra money anymore. And it's like, Oh shit, we really got to tighten up. We can't live the way we've been living the last couple of years, you know, yeah. tighten everything up. You can't refinance again. Cause now interest rates are high. Um, your home value probably comes down some. And I don't think that the home values are going to crash, but I think they're definitely going to normalize, you know, like home values everywhere right now are sky high, but it's because there's so much demand and not enough, uh, supply. Here's what I think. I don't think there's going to be like, and I could be wrong on this, but this is my projection. I don't think what, so when building starts tanking, um, I think this time versus the housing market falling out, I think commercial is going to fall out first. Yeah. Um, I think government like government funded jobs, schools, gels, fucking hospitals blah 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 i think that shit's gonna crash first because if you look uh we're sending billions of dollars to ukraine you look at this current gun situation like they're you know they're having you know senate hearings and stuff and talking about um banning certain Mm -hmm. magazine sizes to certain guns which would essentially make all the guns they're talking about useless yeah versus putting like security, you know, like retired military, stuff like that inside of schools and actually spending money to fix the solution. So they're obviously not wanting to spend money on, you know, government funded things, but they're willing to send money to other countries. I don't fucking understand it. It's insane to me that we can't keep our fucking schools safe for kids. That's insane to me. 
I, yeah, I dude. Don't understand it at all. It's fucking simple, dude. That you look at the, you know, you look at what cities have the most violent crimes. They're mm-hmm. the fucking cities that have the strictest gun laws or or have yeah. bans. Yeah. You know, uh, and then it's a simple solution. You fucking you take a soft target and you turn it into a fucking hard target if you don't want people to fucking go in there. This last but, school, but Texas is a pretty uh, free gun laws, right? Yes, but I'm if you there? that there uh, there's some weird shit going on with that one. If you ask me, dude, like yeah, yeah, the cops are fucking you know setting up there a perim- was weird shit. Yeah, setting up a perimeter outside of the school. They're putting moms in handcuffs that are trying to go in the school, and the yeah. sh- and active shooters in the fucking school for fucking like fifty fucking minutes or yeah. whatever the fuck it was without anyone going in there. It turned out to be a fucking off-duty border patrol agent that got a shotgun from a fucking citizen and went in there, got his kids out, and then went and t- back in and took out the fucking shooter. Now, you can't yeah. quote me on that. That's just shit that I've read. I don't blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it sounds fucking pretty goddamn fishy to me, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah. It does seem like a lot of weird shit went on about that. And I don't know enough about it to really comment on it. Um, but it's just fucking surprising to me that we cannot keep our kids safe this day some, and age. Some of the shit that's going on, like that, that feels like it's, you know, like we talked about before, that it, how could they not be doing this shit on purpose? But fucking. Right. Dude, yeah. the FBI does fucked up shit, dude. Like our government <laughs> yeah. is documented doing fucked up shit and and experimenting on on the fucking on our you know yeah. on the citizens and so w- was there i don't i don't know what it was but there it must have been some kind of like a law change or something like that but where they have to release information every so often after a certain amount of years yeah classified becomes declassified um but yeah there's like legitimate cases and in, in yeah actual testing that like the cia does on people there's like all these yes. operations that are like fucking giving people drugs see how they react they like, just they really just weird shit resealed the fucking jfk documents because Again? you know <laughs> yeah you know that somebody oh, in our government is responsible for that fucking assassination yeah, you know what yeah. i mean that's crazy. But look at the look at the the fucking look at uh Pfizer, dude, I think they're trying yeah. to make it to where you can't look at their documents for what is it like? Is it 40 years or 60 years or some shit? Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? In, in relation to the to the vaccines, yeah. they're trying to have all that shit sealed and then they're not liable for any vaccine injuries and stuff like that. Like, yep. dude, this no shit is fucking weird, dude. Yeah. I don't give yeah. a fuck what anybody says. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. It's like, um, well, like I said before, I like to not think about it, I guess. Ignorance is bliss to me. Yeah. Um, I do worry about if the consequences come, how bad will they be? But it's like you can't, in our modern history or our modern era, you can't really go back and point to a time when everything fucking fell apart. Yeah. And so it's hard to believe that we're at that point now where everything's going to fall apart. But there's a lot of shit lined up to be able to like have everything fall apart. You know, like it's real. Even when the, um, you know, all the protesting was happening for the George Floyd case. Um, like once all the riots and stuff started or protests, uh, it got real weird for a while there. 
It was like looting. There was a lot of looting around here, even in areas that we used to go to quite a bit, high-end areas. Um, they couldn't do shit. Like there was no stopping looters. There was no stopping rioting. Uh, places are burning down. That that was like the first time when it's like, all right, well, we got to get a gun or something. Like, yeah, you know, we're worried about the area at, we live in is a nicer area. And it's like, dude, we'll be targets. Look yeah. at the little details into that shit though. If you look at a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, like African Americans that are, that are fucking pay attention to shit. They realize like, Hey, this, this isn't what they say that it is. Those, the, the fucking people running that show, like yeah. uh, the lady doing the books was fucking pardoned by Clinton. And she, you know what I mean? She was w- imprisoned, what, in the in the 70s for bombing the Capitol? And then you have our current Democrats talking about how January 6th was the biggest tragedy in American history. Yeah. Well, look at all the details on that. You've got Antifa members changing underneath a tree into fucking MAGA gear. You've There's got, a lot of weird yeah, shit with that. You've got... Like the, there, yeah, dude. It was, uh, somebody was interviewing... Um, Maybe it was like Ted Cruz interviewing the CIA or something like that, asking him like direct questions about, you know, like, did the CIA have any involvement? And they're like, we cannot answer it, that. The, <laughs> like, the FBI did for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got like, cops on, opening man. barriers. You've got, uh, yeah. you've got camera footage from inside of dudes like looking like, you know, waving <laughs> their hand and getting the door buzzed open and then letting yeah. fucking crowds of people in. Yeah. You know, and then you've got the video of guys just walking around with American flags like they're fucking tourists, you know? Yeah, yeah. This is what I think. I think there is a lot of dumbass motherfuckers that went there that were just kind of following a line and probably shouldn't have went in the fucking Capitol. But the Democrats kind of set that up to to make it look worse than it really was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was a a lot of uh, people very motivated to get Trump out of office and to get him uh, i mean yeah. i think he pretty much spent his whole term like defending himself of getting impeached <laughs> like yeah dude almost, almost his whole term and it and turns there, out there multiple attempts turns out that the russian fucking bullshit was you know like yeah, yeah. it was the other side that was fucking conspiring you yeah. know what i'm saying like dude mm-hmm. give me a fucking break have you seen that 2000 mules yet no yeah a I haven't watched it, but supposedly, supposedly they've got like thousands, they purchased thousands of like uh, cell phone information and they have video documentation of just hundreds of thousands of fake ballots being just dumped <laughs> into the, into the boxes and stuff. Yeah. But all the, that yet, stuff's crazy too. They're, they're pushing hard dude to, to cover all that up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I was I was trying. What was I talking about? I was jumping on what I think is going to happen and what my plan is. Um, I think that commercial is going to fall first versus residential this time. Um, I think you know the, the housing market has to pop eventually, and yeah. when it does, you know. You're right. Like all these homeowners and shit, like, dude, their houses, the value of their houses fucking doubled and they sold them and moved other places or sold them and got a condo and everyone's sitting on money right now and people are spending money. 
which helps us because people that spend money, you know, invest into maintaining their properties and shit like that. So now is a good time to be doing repaints. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of how I've built my business, like with doing the videos and and whatever, like building it inside out to try and market and advertise and and do the hard thing first because the yeah. easy thing is walking into a job trailer and fucking saying you'll do right. something for cheaper, right? So my yep. plan is to ride this shit out as long as I absolutely can. And mm-hmm. then when people start dropping like fucking flies, that's when I will start considering like, okay, well, fuck, we might have to do some cheap production. You know, maybe there's some fucking, you know, a housing, a cheap housing development, you know, being built or something and fucking we'll break out the fucking two thirty and go prime fucking, you know, 10 houses a day or whatever the fuck we got to do. And that's when I'll start looking at being cheaper if I fucking have to be. But right now I'm gunning for the larger money. Yeah. Um, and that's wise right now. I mean, everybody should be doing that. Um, and I'm hoping, possible, I'm hoping that yeah. when shit falls out that I can start doing both you know maybe i'll find a a new custom home maybe i'll do an apartment complex maybe i'll do some track houses maybe i'll you know have a few repaints coming in here and there but i think it's going to largely fall out all of it now what do you think happens to all the landlords who have jacked up their rent prices do they end up having to lower them um i think i think that they will well, the people that fucking own real estate still or whatever, I think that they will ride it out. And I think pe- like people that rent will probably fuck it. There will be a lot of people on the streets and shit because they're not going to be able to afford it. And that kind of falls into like what we've discussed. Like um, all of once the, the economy starts to settle down and we start to merge into a full recession, which is going to happen, dude, we could end up in like mm-hmm. a full on depression in my opinion. But yeah, um, that can definitely happen. That's I, the fear is that in in like a year is yeah. we get into a full on depression. I think people will stop eating out as much. I think, you know, I like think that's we, already happening. Yeah. We discussed like the the whole thing with like the the fast food. I think those robot arms are going to be done in a few years and yep. and uh all these people that are ma- you know, have they've jacked up all the prices like they're eventually these companies aren't going to want to fucking pay for the labor and they're going to start mm-hmm. replacing people with automation. So I think things are going to slowly start transitioning from you know like here on out it's going to start dipping in my opinion but yeah um, i'm looking at these i'm looking at robots for painting already they just don't have any good ones on the market yet dude (laughs) i can get some robots out there a robot team i mean i could put together you know a good chunk of change like we spend fucking i don't know 15 to 20 grand a week in payroll you know, if I could save up a year's worth of money, a year's worth of payroll money and spend a million bucks on a machine that'll paint houses, uh, it's not a, it doesn't look too bad. No, I don't, I don't think that's possible. No, I don't either. No, I don't think it will ever be fucking possible. Um, you know, to, to a fucking certain extent, maybe you would be able to have like a robot arm that could, you know, automatically go up and like fucking spray out a fucking wall or something, but it would be extremely expensive. And I don't think any company would, I don't, 
like you're not going to have a fucking robot that's going to be able to cock fucking lap siding. You know what right. I mean? I, I just don't, don't think. Yeah, I don't think the future is robots being able to do painting like we do. I don't think. I think it's way too much of a uh, problem to solve. Way too much trouble to solve that problem. I think it's going to turn into we make items that don't need paint anymore. Yeah. Like, or like you know, you, our interior walls are like digital. Yes. Right? Like you just fucking change the colors whenever you want. You have a programmer come in and they change your colors and change yeah. your sheen and shit like, like that. We're just oh, all digital. OLED, like accent walls, yeah. like organic light emitting yep. diodes that are fucking bendable. Yeah. And like, you can have like a scenery on a wall, like, like almost like wallpaper where you paste yeah. it out. Absolutely. Or It'll you like panels. Yeah. yeah. P- painting on a wall, you know, like maybe everything is white and then you have fucking like, uh, like digital displays that, that, you know, yeah. shoot lights at the walls to change the colors or right. whatever. Just maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be a big expense up front, but, um, it's one time deal, you know, and then it's just maintenance on your machinery. Um, yeah. but I, I, that's the future I see more so than robots being able to paint. Cause it's, um, what we do is way too hard. It's way too artistic to uh, map out, you know, to be able to code for. I think we're more than likely to, you know, the government take away all of our fucking weapons and enslave us and then just clone people for fucking jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be like 50 clones of us out there just fucking yeah. working their asses off <laughs> for free. We're not real people. crazy yeah i think the the interior spaces making them all digital is totally doable and i think it'll be exterior too um you know tesla does the uh solar roof and it looks like roof tiles they're they're all solar panels but they look they're in the shape of roof tiles and so it looks like just a regular roof you know it just has a little sheen to it um, but it's not a roof. It's actually solar panels. Um, and I think the same thing will happen on the exterior. Like your siding is, is going to be, I don't know, something digital. Um, you know, your trim will be digital. Like it's, it's just going to be, you know, like that, I don't know, 15 years ago when somebody had a flat screen TV and then you had the 4k was like fucking, you know, $10,000 for a 60 inch TV. Now it's like 1200 bucks for that same TV. You know, I think that's going to be yeah. how your exterior digital panels are going to be like $150,000, you know, when they first come out with zero maintenance, change the color every day if you want, change your paint exterior a uh, hundred times a year if you want to. And then I eventually th- it's going to be 15 grand. I think UV would ruin that though. I think it would be more, you'd be more likely to have some type of projector that like mounts to your soffits that, that projects. Yeah. But then you have to maintain whatever the panel is on the house. But what about the solar panels? How often do those need to be changed? I have no idea. Are solar panels even affordable now? Yeah. I mean, they make them affordable because you make payments on them, right? Like most of the ones that get done, it's like, Oh, it'll cost you less than electricity. Well, it's like, okay, if you're paying, 200 bucks a month now in electricity but we'll put but solar then, panels on you can just pay us 150 a month you look at shit too that but it kind of falls back into the way things are right now like they jack up the prices the corporations make fucking billions and you know middle class people 
can barely fucking survive. Yeah. Well, I, I seen a dude talking about solar, like in California, like he, he got, you know, covered his whole house in solar and eventually he started making money and the electric company was having to pay him. Right. And then he said, you know, a, a few years down the road that the elect the electric company changed their policies and now yeah. he's back up to paying the electric company like 300 bucks a month. Yeah. So like they, uh, they did make some changes. So they increased their rates recently. They like almost doubled here recently. Here's the thing that really, uh, bothers me about this stuff is it's like, so electric company is making less money because more people are using solar. Um, Electric company can just increase their rates to make up their losses, right? So all they do is now bump up their rates to everyone else because we don't have a choice but to pay uh, Edison, SoCal Edison. Um, we just have to pay whatever they want us to pay. You know, they're not they're not getting smarter. They're not doing solar. They're not figuring out new ways to get cheaper energy. They're just, they don't have to do anything. You know, they fucking lose money because they're getting beat out by a better business um, and all they have to do is increase their rates. I remember being out here, like in the, the late nineties, early two thousands, I think it was. And I was talking to my grandfather and, uh, you know, I was for the longest time, like rented old shitty houses out here, you know, mm -hmm. gets super hot in the summer. You got to run AC fucking super cold in the winter. Um, and, you know, fucking a lot of the houses I've lived in, I've had to burn wood and stuff like that, you know, to try and yeah. get my electric bills down. But like that, dude, there's places I've rented where I've been like four, five, six, seven hundred dollars a month in electricity. And yeah. during that time, I'd talk to my grandfather and be like, what, what do you, and I told him that and he's like, what, 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 how is that? And he, I was like, what do you pay? And, you know, cause he had electricity and gas, you know, cause. California is all natural gas. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, well, my, my gas bills like $8 a month. And I'm like, what, how much is your electric? <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, it's about $23 a month. And I'm like, what? I'm fucking paying <laughs> like six, $700 a month, dude. Yeah. But is that still how it is nowadays out there? Yeah. Like, so our gas bill is super cheap. Well, relatively cheap, you know, 30, 40 bucks. And a lot of what we use runs off of gas. Like our electric bill, we have air conditioning. Not a lot of houses here have it because um, usually pretty moderate temperature. Um, so your bill, like, um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot a lot of the houses run off of the gas. So all the hot water, um, your stove, um I guess that's all the major electricity you would use besides TVs and lights, you know, but that's not that much. Um, but like my, some of my employees, you know, it's like their electric bill was uh, 80 or 90 bucks a month. And now it's like 180, you know, it just doubled. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I think a I, high electric bill is over a couple hundred bucks. I need to look at mine because like a cheap electric bill here is like 200 bucks a month. No shit. Yeah. I think 200, I guess it depends on how big the house is, but um, I think now a cheap one is going to be like in the 180 to 200 range. 
But I think if you're like in the three, four, five hundred range, it's because you're heating a pool. You know, like you're using a serious amount of electricity. Yeah. But I think for a normal household where it's just lights, um, you know, lights and TVs and stuff like that, you're a hundred bucks, hundred and fifty bucks. There's no natural gas here because everything is limestone. And when they hmm. build, they got to like blow shit up, you know? So, um, like I, they can't run natural gas lines for everything and just blow shit up all over the place. So, no shit. um, hmm. uh, I think there might be some natural gas in Springfield, which is an hour North of us, but everything out here is like electric and propane and propane is fucking hmm. expensive, dude. Yeah. How interesting. I, I'd never even considered that. So in Big Bear, a place up there, um, there is gas up there, but a lot of people use propane still. I think they're, maybe they're older homes or something, uh, but they didn't switch over. But it's interesting. I never, I didn't know why, but they sell a lot of propane up there. And you're not allowed to do uh, like fire, you're not allowed to do um, uh, propane barbecues up there. Yeah. It's a fire hazard. <clears throat> So yeah, I didn't know what they were using it for. I think it's for houses though. Yeah. So there you know, there's like actual like demolition companies and stuff out here. So like if they gotta build a road and they gotta, you know, go through a mountain, they gotta, you know, or carve an area out of the limestone, all that shit gets blown up. If they are building mm. a housing development like on a cliff, like everything gets blown up and shit. <laughs> so crazy. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that my thought for like the next two years is that this year is mostly going to be fine, but everything's going to be tightening up. You know, I think it's just, I don't see how the stock market goes up this year. Um, so over the last two years, there were a ton of companies that did uh, SPAC, spe special acquisitions. Um, I don't know what the, what it stands for, but these companies that went public, uh, with short notice and then basically just had everybody bid on, you know, there would be a, a company, a Morgan Stanley or something like that, that would take them public, set a price and then let everybody bid it up. Um, and so all these random companies would go public, um, and have their stock price shoot through the roof. Everybody's investing in it. Now that it's a $10 billion company. Um, all those companies have been like fucking dying this last uh, six months. You know, no, none of them can get investment money anymore. Um, all their stocks are crashing, right? There's a lot of tech stocks right now that are crashing. Crypto's way down. Um, all the uh, standard typical companies are way down. Um, it's like very obvious that the money is drying up. It's very obvious that the the market is timid right now, uh, but we don't see it yet in the spending. So it's like, how when is it going to come and how bad is it going to be? I think are the only questions. Um, my thought is it's going to be maybe end of this year. I don't know if it's going to be in 2022, but it'll definitely be in 2023. And as far as how bad it is, um, I really don't know. I don't think it's going to be, um, I don't think it's going to affect housing the way that it did in 20 or in 2008 because it's a different kind of problem. 
But something's going to happen to the people that bought a house for a million dollars. They're renting it out for, you know, 6,500 a month. Um, what's going to happen to that person when it's like their third house and they can't get 6,500 a month for it anymore? You know, they lower it to 6,000 to 5,500 to 5,000. Now they, now they can't get their mortgage covered by a renter. You know, do they foreclose on it? Do they short sell it? Do they, you know, what do they do with that property? Cause I think there's going to be a lot of those properties. Yeah. Like I think short selling and foreclosures are going to start happening a lot. I don't think at the rate, I hope not at the rate of 2008, but it's got to happen though. I mean, I know people that have like fucking three, three houses they bought in Big Bear to turn them all into Airbnbs. Yeah. And you got to think too, those, those corporations that are fucking like BlackRock or whatever that are running around buying up all the real estate and then jacking rent prices up. Like when the economy does crash and you know, whether people can't afford to pay their progressive note and they fucking lose their houses or um, if they're on a fixed rate and they're good, whatever. But like, does rent keep going up? Does it stay the same? Does it drop? But you got to think that those, those predatory companies like BlackRock buying real estate are not going Mm -hmm. to lower rent. And there's going to be a lot of people on the streets and shit. Yeah. So I, if you're the landlord, though, let's say you bought three houses over the last two years because money was cheap to borrow, right? Interest rates were super low. Um, you have extra cash because business is going well. So let's say you bought three homes in the last two years. Um, you were able to rent them way above like what you could have two years ago. So let's say you have three $500,000 houses. Um, the mortgage on it's probably 2500 bucks. And you can rent it for four thousand right now, four thousand a month. So, you know, for the last year, you've been making an extra fifteen hundred a month on each one of these properties, um, which is fantastic, right? You look like a real estate genius, you know, because you came into this market. That's how it was in two thousand six, seven. Is everyone who had a bunch of houses looked like geniuses? Like, fuck, how did you time the market? Tell me your secrets, right? And then those same guys are fucking getting foreclosed on in 2008, 2009, losing their boats, losing their cars. <laughs> um, so right now you have three properties, all half a million dollars each, and you're clearing an extra five grand a month, you know, uh, positive cash flow from your rentals. So let's say 2023 comes around and now nobody's paying that because they can get your same house for fucking 2,500 bucks a month uh, rent. What do you do with those three properties? Like, do you come down instead of instead of four thousand a month, you're down to thirty five hundred trying to get bites? If that doesn't work, you go down to three thousand trying to get bites. Like, there's some point where you can't cover the mortgage payment from the rent, you know. And so let's say let's say you get three thousand a month on each of these properties, and your your mortgage is twenty five hundred each, so you're positive five hundred bucks a month on each one. But let's say you got to put a roof on a new roof on one of them, you know, and that's going to be 20 grand. Um, your 500 extra per month is not going to cover your $20,000 roof. So now you're either financing that roof or you're borrowing money or you're putting it on a credit card or whatever. Like that shit gets out of hand really quickly. And if you don't have this big positive cash flow, do you foreclose on those properties? Do you short sell them? 
Like, what do you, you know, what's the move? Cause I think that's going to happen all over the place. There's yeah. people that moved into your area that jacked up, uh, house values that jacked up, uh, landlord rent amounts. Like that's everywhere that that's happened in the United States. Everywhere rent is more everywhere. Home values are more. So what yeah. happens when everything tightens up a little bit? I'm watching them build fucking houses. Uh, you know, they're like, they overlook the lake or whatever. Yeah. And you know, they're nice, but you got to understand, I don't know how it is out there, but every custom home builder, you know, if you pre-screen somebody and well, I'm looking for a painter and you know, well, what type of house do you build? And they'll say custom and you'll fucking go do it. And it's fucking, you know, they might as well have told me fucking spec home. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Cause they, yeah. they don't give a fuck dude. Yep. But uh, you know, MDF and, pre-primed pine and shitty drywall and you know what I mean? Yep. And uh, nothing's impressive and everything's disorganized and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so there's some places being built um, over on the lake and they're like a million bucks, right? Which maybe if, if I were to go back like, five years, six years, maybe I really couldn't see those things being any more than 300 grand a, a piece. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't like my, my market's all fucked up too. Like, yeah, I'm looking at like a, you know, a $300,000 house, you know, $350,000 house is now like a $900,000 house. And yeah, he's fucking these places in big bear. So the place that we bought, you know, you can see when it was last last purchased, what the purchase price was. Um, they made one hundred fifty thousand dollars in one year, right? Yeah. They bought the place a year ago, sold it for one hundred fifty thousand more, and it was like a quick sale. You know, yeah. it's like it's not. There, the increases have been so high so quickly that, I mean, they just it has to come back down, right? Like. I, Either the prices have to come down or there's going to be, like you said, a lot of people in the streets. Yeah. And how does it, how does everything look if that happens? You know, what if like all the middle class is just homeless? <laughs> yeah. You know, like what the fuck happens then? I've got a, I've got a buddy who, who's a developer and they've got a big company here in Newport. And he said he hasn't bought a home in like six months. You know, like they buy places basically bulldoze them and then build up like nice ass brand new houses and sell them for a profit. Um, but he's like, we can't get anything at a decent price right now. Nothing. It's like dirt everywhere is so fucking expensive right now. We can't get anything that we'd be able to build on it and, and make a profit because yeah. everything is so high priced. So companies like that, you know, that are doing spec homes, they're going to dry up. You know, because what are they going to buy? They're going to have to wait until everything starts short selling again. Um, so what happens to all their business and all the people that are employed by them? I don't know. Yeah, and those those uh, million-dollar homes that you walk into and they, hey, let's hire the painter. And, like, you know, I spent five or six hundred grand building this place. Let's find somebody that will paint it for eight grand and just fucking destroy <laughs> yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's like the, 
the even the, like what would be considered a fucking spec home, like some really shitty builders here that just throw houses up. And even those fucking houses are like two, three hundred fucking thousand dollars, dude. And you're talking the kind of paint jobs that you walk into and like the fucking doors have been like brand new fucking pre-prime doors have been like rolled sideways and shit with like fucking property solutions and shit like that, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't want to end this thing on all doom and gloom. Um, What's the positive side to all this? It'll be a good reset. Fuck. Get all the uh, new shitty companies back out of business. Um, yeah. So in, in 2008, 2009, uh, 2010, there was a huge change here in painting companies, probably all tradesmen, really, trades companies, um, and general contractors. So general contractors got hit the hardest and the quickest. Nobody was spending 100 grand on a remodel. You know, I just like all that shit went away. Um, we stayed busy because everybody would still pay five grand to do a paint job, like a mini remodel, right? Uh, but everybody got tighter with, uh, they were just more picky, more choosy and they would wait for somebody who was better. And so all of these little companies just disappeared, like almost overnight, all these little painting companies that were kind of just undercutting everybody were just gone so quickly. And I think that undercutting now is going to get really bad at the end of this year and into the beginning of next year before all those people decide, fuck this, I'm going to go work for someone else. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a point where they have to cut their losses. You know, if I, if I put on like the way I see it or whatever, the positive side is if I put on, you know, a guy or two, you know, and as shit starts to crumble, like I'm not, dude, I'm fucking firing everybody, dude. Yeah. You know, and I will fucking, you know, try and keep my brother busy, you know, mm-hmm. and just, you know, we'll just work. Yeah. By but you do the kind but... of projects. Yeah. You do the kind of projects where you could stay busy. Like you don't have to do that many jobs in a year to have a good year. You know, like yeah. some of these jobs you're doing are pretty big and they last a while. Yeah. If like, you get on a job that lasts a month, you only need 12 jobs 60. You know, for your whole year. You know, spent yeah. $60,000 interiors and stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. $40,000, $50,000 exteriors. So, I mean, we're, we're doing, you know, we're doing decent paying jobs right now for, yeah. and especially for my area, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I'll, people, the thing with like what I'm doing is like, I will like, everybody will fucking undercut me or whatever. So yeah. I have to figure out, I gotta figure out how to sell trust and how to sell experience and and all that stuff and i have to figure out how to sell a higher no how to knowingly sell a higher price yeah and i think we had talked about doing a podcast on that about the psychology behind that and around it yeah um yeah we'll dive into that but a hundred percent so that's going to be real important i think too uh towards the end of this year and into next year is how can you keep your prices high? Um, how do you sell that? Like, because for yeah. someone like you, it is trust. We're also the motherfuckers that can, like, if push comes to shove, dude, uh, I'll put my production against any fucking buddies. 
and and not only will it go up faster, but it'll go up cleaner. So I am really not trying to do that shit right now, but that's what I'm waiting for is, you know, like I said, to, you know, hopefully I can keep the repaints going, but when push comes to shove and if we have to make sacrifices, dude, um, yeah. I will underbid you and I will get it done faster and cleaner if I yeah. fucking have to, you know, like, yep. but I yeah, really hope it, thing. I hope it doesn't fucking come to that because I hate, you know, I, I like the work, dude, and I like, you know, that it's so fast paced and and yeah. you're constantly moving that you don't get bored. But I don't uh, I don't want to fucking live that life anymore. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, we'll wrap it up on that note. But, yeah, I oh, think we will do no, a deep dive. No, I got, got? I got more. Uh, I was. But, dude, I've been getting phone calls like it's starting to piss me off, but like. I'll get fucking, and for the longest time, I had, uh, who, who, some of those, uh, lead generating services, like what's Angie's the main list? Ones? No, like the Thumbtack. main, no, like the ones that are no? actually home advisor. Yes. Home Net- advisor, dude. So I, I was getting phone calls from home advisor. This was like three years ago and I acted mm-hmm. like, you know, cause I didn't know about it. Right. And then I did some research you know, I told them I might do it and they called me back. And then I told them, I was like, dude, I have read up into you guys and it seems like, um, you guys fucking like generate fake leads and, and, you know, have people fucking bidding on the same jobs and yada, yada. I'm like, "Mm, I don't like the sound of it. I'm not going to do that. And they kept, you know, they're like, okay, whatever but they kept fucking calling me back and i ended up getting pissed because they they wouldn't stop fucking calling me so i like i put my headphones in and i kept this dude on the phone for like an hour and a half just working and like leading him on you know i'm just yeah just cutting and rolling (laughs) and i'm just talking to this dude wasting his fucking time like they they've been doing with me yeah Yeah, and then at the end of the call i told him i told him what i did and uh anyway I started getting, after I did that, I started getting like, uh, phone calls from like this chick and Mm -hmm. it sounded like, you know, I started recognizing after a while that it was the same chick's voice. And then I fucking called her out cause she, what it was a chick from home advisor and she was pretending to be a customer asking if I, if I wanted to bid a job. Yeah. And, uh, I figured all that shit out and then they stopped calling me for a long time. Yeah. Now I've recently been getting phone calls of, uh, I can't tell if it's, uh, like one of my competitors, like old ladies or something, but mm-hmm. I, I finally started to figure out like, um, this, this chick had called me and I was like, dude, it seems like, seems like this voice sounds familiar. And then I'd gotten, like a couple weeks later, another call and I could tell it was that chick and she was changing her voice to sound like she had a country accent. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dude, like I just, uh, politely, you know, I told her, I was like, um, just, you know, asked if I wanted to bid a condo and, and just to give her a general price, you know what I mean? Versus yeah. submitting a proposal. I said, I told her, I said, we don't, uh, I said, due to the fact that I get phone calls all the time of people trying to solicit pricing information from me, I don't yeah. quote prices over the phone, but I'd be happy to meet you there. And then yeah. she's like, oh no, that's, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Yeah. We'll figure something else out, but that yeah. shit's starting to fucking piss me off. Do you get phone calls like that all the time? A ton, a ton. So fucker. I get text messages too on my business line. So I, my, my business phone number is different than my personal phone number. And, but it's a cell phone. It's linked to a cell phone. And so there's tons of text messages for like borrowing money constantly. There's tons of text messages for like, um, the English is bad. You know, it's like, I will like you to paint my exterior. Yes. I get those you know? all the time. Anytime it's, I will like you to, I'm like, all right, fuck that delete. Yeah. Um, but there's also people out there who, um, just do marketing to their website and then sell you the leads. Right. So like the guy could be in Missouri and he's just doing his own marketing for like painting houses in orange County. And, you know, like just doing his own online marketing for that and then trying to sell his leads to people in Orange County. Right. Or fucking name your place, painting, painting houses in Riverside dot com and then trying to sell anybody who lives in that area. Those leads. Um, there's a lot of people uh, selling leads out there and I, a lot of it, um, like I've used Home Advisor before. Um, and I used Home Advisor really, it used to be called Service Magic when it first started. And this has got to be like 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. And um, it was really good. It was pretty good back then. But nowadays they have these ways to just get anybody to be counted as a lead. Like if you get, if you're searching like house painters in Huntington Beach and a little pop-up comes up like, um, you know, find out how much it would cost to paint your home in less than five minutes with our paint calculator, right? And you go in there, you fill out your name, your phone number, your your email address, and click like next step, right? Then it's like, oh, sign up for whatever five ninety nine to to use our paint calculator, and then you click no, delete out of it. Well, they got a name and a phone number and an email address. Now they sell that lead to to me or you or whatever for fucking one hundred and ten dollars. You call that lead. They're like, no, I don't, I'm not interested in getting painting done. It was just a little thing I filled out online. You know, it's like, fuck, but they made their money and to get your money back is kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. So it's a, I've, ne- I've never used any lead generating services. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started, I, I was like, fuck it. I started my own business and I yeah. just didn't stop. And, you know, I started making the videos and fucking, sending you know sending those out all over the place i you know the google account the facebook and i think primarily i get around by word of mouth um maybe occasionally i fucking uh you know might get a, a lead off of facebook but i think primarily in terms of like cold calls it's google and yeah. then I think I think Sherwin gives out my number a lot, so like I'm probably yeah. the first card that gets handed out at Sherwin. So yeah. I think that's the most important thing is word of mouth, uh, your distributor, fucking you know, building a relationship with them, and yeah. and at least being in the top three cards when somebody walks into the paint store. And then, um, yeah, dude, that's I think that's about it. So as you go over, as you um, accumulate time, um, as a business, you get all kinds of different lead sources, you know, like just naturally organically. Um, we recently had this guy who we did his kitchen cabinets, like, 
I don't know, three, two or three years ago. And he used to run dealerships, automotive dealerships, two of them. <clears throat> well, his dealerships got bought out and he got fired like, um, I don't know, a year ago, eight months to a year ago. And he started doing sales for like a, um, one of these like kitchen remodeling companies. They, they like sell all the materials. So they sell the cabinets, they sell the countertops, they sell the whatever. And then they just have subcontractors do the installation. <clears throat> so it's like a one-stop shop. You know, if you want to get a remodel, you go into their where or their showroom and pick stuff out and they install it. Well, they started referring us because this guy, you know, he knows we do good work. They had whoever their other cabinet finishers. Um, it's like a, a reborn cabinetry, I think, which is a really big manufacturer. They won't refinish their own cabinets. So if you ever want to get a color change, like they won't do it. So he's been referring us like all these fucking projects, you know, it's like a shit ton of work. Um, but it's free, you know, like this, this source is free. And I mean, these jobs are like slam dunk for us on the sales side because we got referred by the, you know, this whole company that's selling them everything else. Like why not buy the paint through them too? But so you just start accumulating all these different sources of, of leads, you know, different referral sources, um, naturally and organically on, on your Google My Business page. You know, you start picking up more steam on that. Like every year that gets better. Um, but yeah, like we, we do uh, well over a million dollars a year just in like repeat and referral work. Yeah, you know, just just from being around for a long time and and doing good enough work, you know. Yeah, I think it, that's time. I think too with like yeah. the the Google listing, it takes at least a year for you to even generate a phone call. Yeah, probably. Well, there's differences. Like you can be really active on it. Yeah. If you're really active on it and you're constantly putting out new content, it's you'll register quicker. Yeah. Um, well, it dude, it took me about a year because people, even if you do a good job for somebody, they don't get, you know, like, Hey, yeah. can you give me a review on Google? Yeah. You know and I'll I mean? say yes. Yeah, yes. of course I will. And then yeah. fucking do so, it. <laughs> you know, I am yeah. with the Google I've got, I think there might be one other company that has more reviews than I do, but, mm -hmm. uh, I've got, I've got, uh, more, you know, all perfect five-star reviews. And then I've got like i think one more review than like everybody else yeah and then it puts me at the top of the list you know dude i have a fucking <laughs> this sucks i have a two-star review on my google listing and it's from me oh and fuck. i can't fucking get it off <laughs> it was a... <laughs> i did on ax i think i was like falling asleep you know like you're fucking on your phone and you're like oh you know, dude sleep and i it, that's the only time I could think of when it had to have been. This is like fucking a year ago or something like that. And I've tried logging into all my different Google accounts because I have a lot of emails, you know, for business and a couple for personal. And I've tried logging it and it just says like JQ paint and it shows a two-star review. So it's like obvious that it was me, but then it's like, why the fuck would they give themselves a two-star review? That's really weird. Yeah. Um, and I cannot get Google to remove it. 
You know, hey, you've, like, you've contested uh, it and stuff. Yeah, like fucking thirty times. I flagged Fuck. it, marked yeah. it as inappropriate, marked it as uh, against conduct, whatever. You know, whatever, whatever all the options they have are. And then I just wrote a response to it saying, um, you know, Google, please remove this. It was yeah, and that <laughs> shit, whatever. that shit. I don't care. Google says that a a bad review doesn't affect your listing, but they they're yeah. fucking liars, dude. I had yeah. my ex my ex fucking made like fake Google accounts and went and gave me terrible reviews. And dude, it took me, it took me months to get them removed or whatever, but uh, it tanked me, dude. I went down to like 15 or 20 on the list. Yeah. I think like um, having some not perfect ones is okay. It's probably good. Uh, But not when you don't have that many. You know, like on Yelp, we have like 150, 160 reviews and we have, I don't know, maybe five that are like one or two stars. So out of 150, we're still like four and a half stars out of five. Um, And the ones that are bad are like ridiculous. They're like, obviously the person's just angry or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, So I think that helps because I think people go through they try to find the bad ones what do the bad people have to say about them okay like either this person's crazy or this isn't that bad you know like we don't have any real like seriously bad ones it's just shit that was disagreements or whatever but um there's one company near me that has like 250 reviews maybe a shit ton yeah and they're all perfect reviews except for a couple of them that are like, um, you know, this person subcontracts work, it's third party, you know, their painters showed up, they didn't even know who this person was, but, you know, like pretty bad, like that's bad for business, but they pay people to give them good reviews. So if shit goes bad, they'll pay them to leave a good review and not a bad review or to not leave a review at all. So that's how they're able to maintain. Uh, It's really weird. It's like this this Russian lady who, who runs the thing, runs the show. We've, we've been against her a bunch of times. We've seen her on projects. Dude, I'll drive to somebody's fucking house if they gave me a bad review. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had this old man call me the other day and he's, you know, talking about how he needed a painter to come paint some poles at his house. And it's just another one of those things where I'm like, fuck dude, I wish these people that wanted all this little shit done would just stop calling me. Cause I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. finally, cause I go look at everything. Right. And, and I finally got to the stage to where I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to tell everyone that calls. We're not taking any new clients right now or something, but yeah, I talked so to we this do old... minimums. Yeah. We do minimums. And then we also will do that. Sometimes we're not taking clients. Yeah. I talked to this old man about painting some poles and he had some exterior stuff to do. Um, I told him I was driving, so I would call him back in an hour, and then I sent him a promo video. Mm-hmm. And I call him back in an hour, <laughs> and he's like, and he was like, uh, uh, "What did he say?" He's like, "Oh, I think I think you're above my pay grade." <laughs> and, yeah. You know, he's like, uh, "He's like, I'm just looking for you know, like somebody that just kind of does this stuff to get by." And, yeah. I'm, and I'm like, yeah, I was like, well, we're not known for being the cheaper price. So yeah. he's like, you know, all right. And he's like, yeah, I just want to, do you know of anybody, you know, you know of any good painters? And I was, and I was like, well, I, you know, good and cheap yeah, don't really cheap. go in line, yeah, but yeah. he's like, yeah, I just, I just, you know, I just want to find a decent painter. 
And he's like, I just need to find somebody that'll do it for cheap. And I was like, well, I was like, you're in luck because about every number you're fixing a call is going to be that way. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. Yeah. All right. I got to wrap up. Um, Okay. So uh, I guess on our next one, well, sometime soon we're going to go in about um, um, probably the psychology when it comes to sales, how we run through our sales processes, the kind of things we're thinking about. Um, I think it's really interesting and you've had a lot of conversations with other people about it and we've talked a little bit about it, but um, we can go pretty deep into the psychology when you're trying to sell something at a higher price than everybody else. You know, when seemingly they're giving the client the same thing that you are, but somehow you got to convince a client that it's not the same and you got to pay me more. Um, and if you don't pay me more to, to, to give it to you, then, you know, you might be making a mistake. You might get, you might get taken. Yeah. Uh, but I think that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. I've had conversations with guys, you know, like some guys on Instagram that I have respect for, um, even though they're using fucking Pharaoh and ball bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, some, some legit guy, guys that I talked to and one, especially, um, that, you know, a year or so ago I was talking to him about, you know, how the fuck do I increase my pricing and yada, yada. And, you know, essentially that he didn't really have any answers for it or whatever, but he kind of gave me the motivation to try it and just fucking having your price be what your fucking price is and not accepting less and, yep, you know, and trying to set yourself aside from that. But I think the, the biggest thing in doing that, you know, where you start from is you have to have enough work on the books to start sacrificing those fucking jobs because it's a fucking experiment. You can't just jack your prices up and think you're going to, you're going to fucking make it. And you need to be a higher quality. You need to be higher caliber. Not just anybody can jack up their prices and sell it. You actually got to be able to back it up. We, I had a client, this is like maybe 15 years ago. One of my clients, I was still very small, maybe just by myself or maybe with one guy. Um, and this client was like a, a big wig at a tech company. And, you know, he was, we were talking business. I've always talked to my clients whenever they're willing to, you know, I try to get information out of them about what they do. And I don't know, everybody has something to say, but um, he was like, you know, why don't you try to be like the Louis Vuitton of painting? Just like double your rates right now, you know, like on your next project that you give an estimate double it. And if they, if people are still paying, then double it again. Like (laughs) just keep doubling your price until not that many people are taking it, you know? And he's like, you can, you can just specialize. Like you don't have to be a giant company to make money. You can be a small company, but just charge a shit ton of money. And your whole, your whole pitch is like the Louis Vuitton of painting, right? It's like, cause there was a while where, um, you know, you can have a name, you can have a warranty where it it affects, like people would list it in their, their selling. It would be like a selling feature, right? It's like the cabinets got done by this company and they're guaranteed for 20 years and this is what we're selling, right? Like there's some value to that kind of stuff. 
Uh, and you can, you can have a name like that. You could, it's just like when we're talking about me switching to fine paints of Europe, right? It's like the same yeah. concept <laughs> where the, the only reason I don't look at myself that way and, and that I don't gear myself up that way is because, you know, I've got 25 years of the fucking fanciest motherfuckers coming in, looking for a job. I'm fancy this. I've done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can't fucking do shit, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I think, but, good- but your sell, but your product is good though. Your product yeah. is really high quality. Your, uh, experience your knowledge is a really high caliber you know like the, the, these are not lies right um there's a difference in somebody selling that um and not being able to deliver versus somebody you know being able to deliver right but yeah. you might not be selling it you might not be selling how high caliber you are how high of quality they're going to get and once you do combine those two you're selling it and you're backing it up that's like a really winning combo yeah, I think um, right now, like even with my ability to to productively do things, there's there's only so many different areas that you can apply like innovation into a production environment and get something yeah. done literally like three to four times faster than anyone ever thought possible and it still be clean. But yeah. there's a huge difference between working hard and you know being productive you're still forced into some jobs doing things traditionally so if you you know if you put in more prep and you you know you put on you know whereas like hey like this job i'm gonna oil prime and i'm gonna do two top coats whereas the competition would just fucking do one top coat or something you know what i mean so like a lot of the jobs in my area anyway that's justifying a higher price is the fact that we're putting in more work you know what i'm saying right so like if i were to you know take this company like somewhere else like the northeast or the west coast or whatever i could i could see being able to market myself that way you know hey we're fancy or we do you know we do badass quality work blah 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 but here it's not as appreciated you know what i mean so i have to really fight fight to find those fucking jobs yeah 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 i agree i'm sure my market is bigger for that kind of work or for that kind of company and and, you know quality isn't necessarily like to me it's not about doing something fancy or being fucking fancy. It's just about doing shit sensibly. It's about doing shit productively and it's about, you know, making it fucking last and it being clean, straight, you know, nice Mm -hmm. tight prep, clean lines, fucking, you know, applied properly. I'm going to check moisture content. I'm going to fucking, you know, I'm not going to apply paint in direct sunlight. I'm going to prime where appropriate or, you know, do mm-hmm. I need to block efflorescence discharge here or fucking, you know what I mean? Just there's yeah, a thousand yeah. different little things that, that make a painter, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, doing good work means you're fancy, you know what I mean? Unless yeah. you're straight up, I'm fucking fancy. And then I, but, that's, but, that's not my fucking deal, you know? Yeah. But these days that, um, you know, you kind of naturally become at the top when you're just doing all the things you're supposed to do, right? If you are blocking efflorescence in, in any areas where it might come up, like that's what you should do, but almost nobody would do that. 
right? There are a million companies out there that are not thinking about that. That are just like any kind of primer will work. Just put it on there. It's primed. Yes, it's primed. You know, uh, there's all those things. Uh, most of those things bring you up a notch, whereas the majority of the companies out there are not doing those things to bring them up a notch. Yeah, a lot of, you know, and that's the thing, too, that a lot of people don't like, dude, read, read a fucking label or fucking <laughs> re, read yeah. a, you know, MSDS or a fucking data yeah. page or you know, like read and fucking comprehend and understand what you're doing and why and what's in this. And you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like knowledge, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and there's also the guys too, that, that fucking, you know, like I, we, we hired a dude that fucking used to, you know, work at a paint store for fucking 10 years. And like, we talked to him and you know it talk all fancy and shit well I'm, mm-hmm. you know this and this you know has this in it and this and that and then yeah. you know okay dude like uh go stand these doors and then you go check on them it's like how do you know all this shit but you can't even sand a fucking door <laughs> can you please yeah. re-sand all these fucking doors dude and just yeah. stop telling me about fucking data pages and shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep Okay, all good? Yep. All right, Uh, until next time. See you later, man. Later. As always, please like our YouTube page. Give us five-star only reviews on all podcast platforms. If you have questions or comments, send them over to hello at paintsniffers.com or on Instagram at paint underscore sniffers. You can also watch the video version of the podcast on the Alpha Painting YouTube page. Go to playlists and it will be filed under Paint Sniffer Podcast. Via YouTube, you can write into qa at paintsniffer.com. Thank you for listening to Paint Sniffer Podcast.